and welcome to the Vexillogicast. From the home of the first public school in America, I'm Simon the Cannibal. On this episode, we're going to be exploring three U.S. state flags in order of admission. And I should say that uh, the rest of this series will be U.S. state flags in order of admission. First things first, I just wanted to quickly apologize for the odd episode a couple of days ago. Again, I had just gotten in from my trip to San Francisco. I, I had won a contest, and uh, they flew me out there to have a little party. For those of you on Patreon, that was a, a free episode. Consider it a bonus. And in fact, uh, Patreon supporters will be getting another couple bonus things specifically for them. Uh, so if you feel like throwing a couple dollars my way, I'm going to be putting up the unedited interviews with Raphael Amongst other things, maybe, as time goes on. As always, you can find show notes and images of the flags that I'm talking about today on vexillogicast.com. That is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com. And discussion on the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal. Our first flag of the series is the flag of Delaware. Delaware was admitted to the Union in... December 1787, specifically the 7th of December 1787, which you can see on their flag. The flag was officially adopted in its current form in 1913, so it's just a bit over 100 years old in its current form, although there were variants leading up to this, as one might expect. The two most obvious details of the Delaware flag are first the background, which is a light blue, it's often referred to as a continental blue, and a buff, that is to say a tannish yellow diamond in the center of the flag. This buff and blue is supposedly the colors that were used by General George Washington during the American Revolution for his soldiers' uniforms. A blue general uniform with a, a buff front coat. Underneath the buff diamond is the date in white, December 7th, 1787, as I mentioned, and inside is the coat of arms of Delaware. And I'm not going to describe too much of the coat of arms. Suffice to say, it is what you might expect of a coat of arms, plus a soldier and a farmer, a lot of gold intricacies, a ship, an ox, some writing, that sort of thing. If you see it on a flagpole, you wouldn't know what it is. The flag isn't really a historic flag, again, being adopted properly in 1913. And as such, I have a few changes to make it be a little bit better. I think that Delaware could go one of two ways with their flag, which is to strip it of everything except for the triangle and the background, put it a, make a buff diamond on a blue background, a light blue background. I think that would be distinct enough that one could look up and say, oh, hey, you know, that's Delaware. The other way they could go is by taking the European approach, which is to take the colors that are in the coat of arms, specifically the shield part of the coat of arms, which is a tricolor of blue, white, and green horizontally, which is similar to the flag of Cascadia, if you know what that is, make their flag just a tri-band, again, of blue, white, and green, 
And in the center of that, they have a brown ox, which I think would be a distinguishing enough element. So again, my two proposals for the flag of Delaware, should they decide to change it, is either stick with that buff on blue diamond or go with a tri-band of blue, white, green with a brown ox on the white stripe. Our next flag is the flag of Pennsylvania. Unlike the flag of Delaware, and unlike a lot of the flags that we'll be talking about on this program, this flag was adopted in 1778, so it goes back quite a way. The flag of Pennsylvania is a classic seal-on-a-bedsheet flag. It is the seal or coat of arms of Pennsylvania on a blue background, specifically a dark blue background. If you were to see the flag, you would see a blue flag barely distinguished two black horses, you will see a blob of an eagle, and a golden shield as part of the coat of arms. I'm not entirely sure why they decided this was a good idea in 1778 to make this a flag, but it happened nonetheless. I know that there was a law passed by the Continental Congress that stated that the colonial regiments of a state would have to fly the U.S. flag and the state flag, so you would have one PA flag for every about a thousand soldiers out on the field. So I don't think it would be too much of a burden to make blue flags with the seal. But I just don't see it being practical in an age of hand sewing. And so you have eagles and horses and plows and ships and more stuff on this flag, just cluttering it up, you cannot distinguish any of these elements from a distance. In fact, as recently as 2007, the House of Representatives for the state of Pennsylvania did not think their flag was distinct enough, so they actually voted and approved to add the word Pennsylvania to the bottom of the flag. Which, of course, if you listen to anything about flags, if you have the name of the thing that you're trying to represent on the representation, you've failed utterly. Luckily, this did not pass the Senate of Pennsylvania, and so the flag of Pennsylvania does not actually have the word Pennsylvania on it yet. We'll see, um, we'll see how bad it goes. Much like with Delaware, I have a suggestion for making the flag of Pennsylvania a little bit nicer. Either somehow they could incorporate a keystone, playing off the state's nickname of the Keystone State, or once again go with the colors in the coat of arms in the center of the flag. The shield on the coat of arms is, again, a tri-band, the tri-color, horizontal of blue, gold, and green. And each of these has a, an element on it. So the, in the coat of arms, the blue has a ship, which is redundant. The blue is to represent a body of water. You know that it's a body of water without having a ship on it. Similar, the, the gold has a plow, so the gold is a field and the plow is just a plow on a field. And then the green is another field that has three bales of hay. And so it's like, okay, yeah, we, we get it. You don't have to go over and over and over. You know, here's a door that's labeled door and it has a picture of a door on it. You know, it's, it, it's too much. So instead, let's go with just a blue, gold, green tri-band, horizontal. And one of the things that pops out about the Pennsylvania flag is the horses. They're the one easily identifiable thing 
that distinguishes the Pennsylvania flag from a lot of these other seal on a bedsheet flags. So why not toss a black horse on that gold stripe? So again, this is horizontally blue, gold, green with a black horse on the gold stripe. And I think that would make a perfectly serviceable flag. Uh, yes, unfortunately, it would be getting rid of some of the history of the Pennsylvania flag, but I think that it's worth the sacrifice if you're getting a better, a more identifiable flag out of it. Our third and final flag this week is the flag of New Jersey. The flag of New Jersey is another old one, I think. It is another seal on a bedsheet flag. And all the literature I've read about the New Jersey flag is that it came out of the same one state flag per every thousand men on the battlefield. However, I can't find anything that says that the New Jersey flag actually flew before the 1900s. I suspect it did, but the only documentation I can find is that the color buff was officially defined in, I think, 1965. New Jersey went the opposite way of Delaware, and they have a blue coat of arms with a lot of other junk on it, on a buff field. And again, buff is this kind of yellowish tan color. It comes from the leather, the, the a light leather coating that would be on soldiers' uniforms. The New Jersey flag is just that coat of arms on a buff field. So we need to do something to get that coat of arms off of there. But I'm not entirely sure what. Two elements on the coat of arms that I think would be interesting to include in a possible New Jersey flag are the Phrygian cap, which one of the supporters is carrying, and a cornucopia, which the other supporter is carrying. The shield itself is a blue shield with three brown plows on it, which are barely distinguishable. So perhaps the New Jersey flag could be a brown plow on this buff field, or a blue shield on this buff field. I'm not entirely sure how one would incorporate a Phrygian cap or cornucopia into a design of a flag, but I'm sure it could be done. And it would call back to the original coat of arms of New Jersey, and it would call back to what the people wanted to express about New Jersey when they first made the flag. But I sincerely feel that anything would be better than the current flag of New Jersey. So... As I mentioned, I'm going to be going through the flags of the United States in order of admission. And the next flag that's going to come up is the flag of Georgia. And that's why I'm going to be stopping here. Because the flag of Georgia, or I should say flags of Georgia, will be getting most likely a whole episode on their own. Georgia, for whatever reason, likes to go a little nuts with their flags. Um, they've been a butt of many of my jokes in person. And so we're going to have quite a discussion next time. And next time will either be episode 15 or episode 20, depending on how things go. All right, as always, thank you so much for listening. You can, of course, get more information about these flags on vexillogicast.com. That again is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T.com. Discussion is on the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal. You can support me on Patreon. Uh, that is patreon.com slash Simon the Cannibal. I'll, of course, have links. And you can yell at me on Twitter at Cannibal underscore Simon. I'm not sure what's coming next week, so feel free to send 
suggestions or ideas. And I think over the next 10 episodes, I would like to get into a little bit more about what goes into a flag, not just the design on a flag. So I'm going to see if I can't scrounge up someone who would be willing to talk about the history of synthetic dyes or dyes in general, the history of fabrics, or anything else that might contribute to vexillography and the limitations placed on vexillography in a historical sense. All right, as always, thank you for listening and best wishes from the Vexillogicast.